Hey everyone, so uh, we were supposed to have a show last week, um, a post-Thanksgiving show with my brother Rome. Unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, aka microphones not working, we were unable to record that show, so that's why this show is late. We will be recording a most likely hilarious show with him at some point in the future, uh, probably in mid to late December. So just stay tuned for that, and I hope you enjoyed this show. forward-thinking outlook on our world. I'm your host, Liam Gandelsman. I want to talk today about a very serious topic, um, the weight and seriousness of which I don't think is felt by many Americans. For sure some, but uh, I think a lot definitely aren't feeling it, and also many people around the world. I'm not really going to dive into it today, but I, I mean, this this issue is very prevalent, especially in Europe, uh, especially with the upcoming elections in Austria. Uh, you've also got France and Germany kind of looming in the future. So this is this is some really important stuff. And what I want to talk about today is white nationalism, uh, far-right politics, and specifically the, the so-called alt-right movement. Um, now, just up front, I'm not going to call them the alt-right movement alt-right. I don't, I don't think that carries the weight um, of the severity and the seriousness that the threat that they pose to American society, to our ideals, all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to call them, I'm just going to lump them in with the American Nazi party and just call them Nazis. That's what I see them as. That's what I believe they are. That's what I, where I believe they get a lot of their ideology uh, is from the Nazi party, the original Nazi party in Germany, World War II, Adolf Hitler, all of that. I, I'm not even going to call them neo-Nazis because to me that term is less serious than what A, the American Nazi party, which is a real political organization, stands for and what the alt-right stands for. So so first off, who who is the Alt-right. Now, before I get into that, I I just want to comment on the production quality of conservative television and conservative websites. And it's just an interesting thing that I, I've noticed over the past few years that the production quality and just the general quality of uh, like the material quality of all these sites is it's very low. And it's just something that stands out to me, and I think it has a big impact on these. I, I think it's a really subtle thing, but I really do think it has a big impact on these kind of class divides that you see between conservatives who identify as more working class 
and whose politics align more closely with that of either Breitbart or even just Fox News um, versus coastal elites or, or, or liberal elites. I'm doing air quotes right now. Because um, just literally looking at the same coverage of the same thing on, say, MSNBC or CNN and then ter- turning to Fox News, you see the actual, the same raw image of, say, like a debate or something, or say it's a panel and each network has their own panel, you see a stark difference in the the polish of the product visually. Not the people who are speaking, not that, but just the actual visual aesthetic of the product. And I think it's a very subtle thing. And it's just something that I noticed on more so on the um, the alt-rights uh, website. Uh, I'm just saying alt-right just because I want to identify them separately from the American Nazi Party, the, uh, oh God, what are they called? The National Policy Institute. It's such a benign-sounding name. Uh, and then you watch their Who Are We uh, introduction video on their homepage, and it's just like, oh, this is not just a another DC think tank. So it's just an interesting thing to me, and it stood out more to me on their website than the American Nazi Party website, which I think is a little more fringe, uh, at least just by name. And so that I kind of was like, all right, you you understand if you're coming to this website that things are going to be weird. You're going to watch some weird videos. It's going to be some pretty bad web design, all of that. But I I do think that that's subtle, but it's very important because you have, because the internet is open. People people go to different parts of the internet, see different parts of the internet. Same with television. I think it's probably even more fluid on TV. People just, you can change the channel real quick. Fox News, uh, MSNBC, and CNN are all really close together. You can just go channel up, channel down, and there it's subtle. And if you weren't looking for it, you probably wouldn't notice, but it's definitely there, this distinct difference in production quality. And that's definitely something that I want to dive into at a later date. Um, so diving into the National Policy Institute, quote unquote, um, their, their introduction video, I just wanted to kind of get a a sense of who they were as, as they self-identified because I'm probably like the rest of you listening. I've really only heard about these people, this movement through other podcasts or reading online articles or newspaper or seeing stuff on TV news, mostly cable TV news, especially stuff that's being covered kind of during the debates or post-election, especially with the appointment of Steve Bannon and all of that, which I kind of covered in my previous episode. So just just some quotes um, from, from this introduction video that just kind of stand out to me. Uh, first one was, Um, but a nation based on freedom is just another place to go shopping. I don't even know what that means. I thought the whole point of this country was freedom. I thought that was the basis for what even all of these kind of fringe ideologies kind of what their, their root thinking was freedom, freedom to be themselves, which was a lot of people think of America as a place that was established for religious freedom. It was 
less freedom to practice any religion and more the freedom to practice a specific religion, um, at least with the history that I'm familiar with in the Northeast New England area. I grew up there and that's kind of, we learned a lot about like the local history, the pilgrims, the Mayflower, all of that, uh, the Puritans, that was very much their influence um, to come to the United States. What was by no means a nation back then, obviously. And it's morphed into this idea of what a lot of us think of America now is a place where you're free to be who you want to be. Um, you don't, people come here from all over the world seeking freedom of expression, freedom of religion, um, and tolerance of all of that. And so a statement like that's so anti-freedom which is just a weird thing to be, uh, to have as like a policy stance unless you're an evil dictator or something. Like everyday people shouldn't really be anti-freedom. That's weird. That's like, I, I can't even come up with an analogy. I don't know, like, oh, I want to be able to choose the color of socks I want to wear. Oh, actually, no. Um, you're not allowed to because a nation based on freedom is just another place to go shopping. It doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. Uh, another interesting quote, uh, a country for everyone and thus a country for no one. I kind of see where they're coming from with this, just kind of like it's, it's this, this fear, this sort of, I, I guess, cultural asphyxiation where a lot of these people and there are a lot of the people who kind of subscribe to these political ideologies are white men, um, middle class or older, but a lot of them are kind of younger, more millennial-ish as well. Uh, at least people who you see kind of really taking the helm in this uh, National Policy Institute, quote unquote, um, in all of their dealings. So these men, they grew up in... A, I guess, places or times when the social currency, social value of a white man was, uh, or even just a white person in general, was more highly regarded um, just because there was there were inequalities in our society socially. Um, and a lot of work has been done to change that, and I think rightfully so. Uh, just like how I am pro-freedom, I'm also pro-equality. It's weird to be saying that you're pro-freedom and pro-equality, uh, especially the pro-freedom one. The pro-equality one, we haven't really gotten past that yet, as is clearly evident by groups like the American Nazi Party and the uh, the National Policy is the National Policy Institute. It's just such a benign name that it's hard to even remember what it is. I have to keep switching over to my tab that, uh, that has their website pulled up. Um, so th what they're saying with a country for everyone and thus a country for no one is that, uh, they, they believe America is supposed to be a country for white people. Uh, the American Nazi party, they're, sort of initiation video um, calls white people the Aryan race 
which is even more intense for me. It's, it's that's really scary um, because you've got the words Aryan and Nazi in the same sentence uh, with with goals for having an Aryan state. That should set off alarm bells in anyone who's even a, a slightly a student of history. Um, So a country for everyone, that's a country for no one. That's one of their goals, I guess, to be, to make the United States be a country for white people, not a multicultural, diverse country as we are and as we are trending aggressively right now. This this is a good one. Uh, man doesn't live and die for abstractions like freedom. I, I don't even really... I can't really unpack that one. Um, I And if I were to unpack it, I would say that you should probably ask most people in our armed forces what they, they joined for, and it's to protect things such as freedom in our nation. Um, people do live and die for abstractions like freedom, and, and just waving them off in such a silly manner as if they're nothing abstractions like freedom that makes no sense and that's all like all of these things that are in this video that is supposed to be like these people believe they're the ultimate americans because they're white and they believe that this country is for them these are all things that to me are something that if you said to especially to anyone who considered themselves to be a Republican at least four years ago, for sure eight or 12 years ago, they would be like, that's ridiculous. That is some of the most un-American stuff I've ever heard. Who's saying that? People who elected a Republican or an allegedly Republican president in Donald Trump. I'm not convinced he's a Republican. He's a Donald Trumpian, let's be honest. Um, so that was a great quote. Um, and then th then there's a call to action at the end of this video. And, and this video is poorly made. Like, geez, guys, get, get some, get a good microphone. It doesn't cost a lot of money. Like your audio is horrible. They, it's, it just goes into this whole production quality thing. And at, at, at the end of this video, this really odd video, um, where it's got all this American imagery, but all this anti-American rhetoric spun as pro-American, um, there's the phrase, be who you are, kind of a call to action. Um, and it's really interesting because it's making people feel like they aren't something already, but it's not doing it in a disrespectful way. It's kind of it's 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 actually a pretty good way to pull people into a movement if you're kind of starting to buy in or you're sort of feeling like you're identifying with at least some of the stuff that was said in this video uh, and I'll leave a link to it in the show notes I highly encourage you to watch it just to kind of like understand it's really important to understand the other whenever you're dealing with something especially something that you don't agree with and it affects your life in such a such a meaningful way and in this situation, these groups are the other. 
quote unquote. So I'll, I'll have a link for the video in the show notes. But it's really, it's kind of making people think like, wait, huh, this country is becoming so diverse and I don't have the social status that I once had as a white individual. Maybe I do need to become who I am. So I thought that was a, that was an interesting point. I th- that was kind of the one area of finesse that I thought the uh, their introductory video had. So so essentially, they they believe in a nation that's for white people only, um, and America is a, a history of immigrants. The first Americans, in ideological spirit, yes, were white, but that's only because they killed and drove out of their lands the Native Americans, Native people who lived in this country, in this on this continent, before the Europeans came here. So the first generation of quote-unquote Americans were immigrants. And our country has changed and grown so much by immigrants and the fact that many of those immigrants are white and many, many of these people who believe in these ideals are descendants of immigrants. And these, these, uh, organizations, these, these extremist right wing Nazi aligned organizations, they acknowledge that and they actually tap into the, the history of Europe the achievements that were these bountiful achievements in European society over the millennia, really. They go all the way back to the Romans and I believe the Greeks also kind of going back to that become who you are, kind of tapping into that European, that white European um, history and saying like, because you come from this history you should be able to do great things in this new land and that that's an especially american nazi party rhetoric Uh, so they believe in a nation for white people only (laughs) But, but we are such a diverse country now and we have so many immigrants i mean i'm an immigrant i'm a white immigrant but i'm jewish Um, so I definitely don't fall into their category. They may look at me and think I might, but there's absolutely no way that I do. Um, once they find out that I am a Jew, someone who, uh, is definitely not on their, uh, approved list of people in their magical make-believe society of a white-only America. So that's kind of their belief set, a a background on them. Uh, We're going to pay some bills and then we'll kind of dive into it a little more on what they kind of hope to achieve with these platforms and then what we can do as people who oppose this sort of um, attack on our view, our understanding of America. 
Today's podcast is brought to us by Amazon Shapes. For the highest quality shapes out there, visit amazon.com shapes and use promo code 21MT for 15% off your first order of any square, rhombus, or dodecahedron. Amazon.com shapes, the most trusted source in shapes on the market. I love Amazon Shapes. It's definitely my go-to source. I've got hella circles. I just got a dodecahedron and I've got two triangles in the mail coming to me that I'm going to turn into a big Jewish star. You know, I'm going to put that on my wall. I love these shapes. They're the highest quality shapes. You've got to get them. Amazon.com slash shapes. Go get some shapes. All right, so what can these Nazis... Uh, <laughs> I, I want to call them Nazis, but at the same time, I feel like it it doesn't, it, it's a disrespect to my ancestors, to everyone who died, all the Jews who died, all the non-Jews who died in concentration camps, in the wars, in, during World War II in Europe. And... I feel like it's a it's a it, it's dishonoring their memory to call these people Nazis. But at the same time, I don't have any other word to call them but Nazis because I believe the situation is so severe and we must stay alert and stay aware and really understand what is happening. So, what what can these Nazis hope to achieve with these platforms? So, I mean, like I was saying, America is so diverse that, you know, it, there can't really possibly ever be an America that's simply for white people, only white. It's just, I I don't logistically see how that could ever happen. It, it would take a massive, expensive, gruesome uh, undertaking, the likes of which we've never seen even in World War II because the only way you're going to be able to achieve that is is through killing people because you're not going to be able to forcibly remove people that huge amount of people that we have that are in that non-white category so logistically I don't really understand what their what their aim is it's it's kind of like looking at your car and say you have a Toyota Corolla and being like, my political platform is that I own a Ferrari. Well, you own a Toyota Corolla. You can't say that you believe that you own a Ferrari. I mean, you can believe it, but it's not true. It can't, it can't be true. Um, so I don't really understand what their, their goal is from that. I, I think that it's probably going to be defined in you know uh, success for these not um, I still struggle to say it these Nazis um, is probably going to be smaller stuff like I mean we've already seen things like voter discrimination laws um, limited access to early voting uh, things such as limited uh, religious freedoms could be coming next um limiting people's freedoms and liberties based on their race or ideology, how they look. Um, it, 
how they dress in public. Uh, so these are all also known as violations of the Constitution and the Civil Rights Act. So small-scale success would be um, would be just uh, going against everything that we have considered American for the past half century, essentially. Um, and some things that we have considered American going as far back as the founding of our nation. So that's small-scale success. Large-scale success, this is really scary. I, I don't really know uh, I'm, what that would really entail. I, mean, I, I said this throughout the election, uh, but Donald Trump's rise to power is very similar to me to that of Adolf Hitler. But we still don't really know what his ambitions are, if he even has ambitions, or to what degree he can be influenced by those sympathetic to these Nazis, those around him, such as Steve Bannon, um, or uh, or other, other people around him who I'm just not familiar with by name. Um, so I, I can't even really fathom large-scale success. It's something that I don't even want to think about. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, like, logistically it seems impossible for them to have a large-scale success to have an America only for white people. But part of that is is we have to stand up and make our voices known as people who oppose this vehemently. And we need to get out in front of it. So our, our, our political system, it was built to handle this kind of thing, in my opinion. We have checks and balances in our system of government for a reason. Um, you know, Donald Trump may think that the presidency is all powerful, but the politicians in Congress, you know, those who actually understand how our democracy works, they know better. They're, they're the ones who they know power. They've been around power. They actually studied our constitution. I still believe that Donald Trump has never read the constitution of the United States, or even had it read to him, he may have had it summarized. Maybe in elementary school. I don't know. He doesn't seem to understand it, the importance of it, or what is actually written in it. Um, so, so he may think that the presidency is all-powerful, but the politicians know. They understand that it's not. And they know that they have the power and the duty, really, to never let us come to either of those kind of points of success, those successes um, to these Nazis. Um, but the real question is, will these congressional Republicans who so far have just kind of rolled over the Paul Ryans, the Marco Rubios, or even the Ted Cruz's of the world, they've align themselves with Donald Trump. They've just lost all moral standing with me and with many people, I believe, um, just for political gain or I don't, I don't even know. So they need to, they need to step it up. These congressional Republicans, um, they need to show that they have the guts to stand up to the bully that is Donald Trump. And, you know, hopefully they do so, or or our nation and our, our modern society globally truly would hang in the balance. I mean, seriously, like, this isn't hyperbole. This is real life. And 
we have to wake up and see past all the crazy tweets, all the other bullshit Trump is pulling to distract us. Uh, I don't even know if he knows he's pulling it to distract us, but that's the effect it's having. So that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, and that's how we're going to address it. I mean, he's all of this stuff. It's just people are covering it. The media is covering it. People are talking about it. Um, and it's nonsense. It's, it's major stuff in any other scenario, but because we're talking about Donald Trump, we need to understand the direction that he's taking our country in. Um, and we need to do our duty as citizens to stop us from ever reaching that destination. Um, so like I said in uh, the previous episode, you need to call your representatives, call your senators, volunteer at a nonprofit or at a party office, work on canvassing for any election that you can, uh, donate to any causes you believe in if you have the financial means. And I mean, the beauty of this nation is that that we the people have all the power it's a representative democracy and we hold all the power we just need to be organized and disciplined enough to use it and to use it to our advantage so with that i'd like to thank you for listening if you like the show please tell your friends you can follow me on twitter i am at sandwich legend please like the show on facebook at facebook.com slash 21 millennial thought and don't forget to subscribe to the show and rate us on iTunes. I'll catch you guys next week. Deuces.